the finest of strangers. Teatro, they're not, oh yeah, they're not Spanish, they're Italian. The finest of strangers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. Test, test, test. Yay. Yay. Okay, we're good. We're great. We're in Pigeon Lake, everyone. We are. We're in a driveway. (laughs) We're in a driveway. We're recording this in our friend's driveway. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hi there. I'm Fonda. And I'm Laura. And this is I Don't Get It, a podcast about performance in Edmonton. Uh, We are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And I am proud to be joined by um, our dear friend Laura Boo here for a special episode uh, where we, well, we saw two shows together this week, didn't we? Yes, we did. (laughs) Actually, we saw one show together. (laughs) I stood you up for the first show. (laughs) And then you saw it later. So great. All right. So um, what we're going to do first is we're going to review Old Stock, a refugee love story, which was at the Citadel. And then we're also reviewing Terry and the Dog. Um, So we'll start with Old Stock. And uh, yeah, and then there will be ads and and things like that as well. But yeah. So Laura, um, what, what were your initial impressions of Old Stock? What is Old Stock about? Um, it's a bu- it's a refugee love story, isn't that uh, what it's billed as? That's yeah, that's the subtitle. I think yeah. yeah mm. So it's a music theater piece written by Hannah Moscovich, starring uh, Ben Kaplan, mm-hmm. and it is touring around. And it's about um, two uh, Hannah Moscovich's gra- great grandparents. I think it's her great grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Who fall in love, um, sort of. And uh, <laughs> end up together yeah. because they have to. Yeah, <laughs> and it's sort of other. a survival love story a little bit, right? Yeah. Like they, um, you know, they meet uh, when they're entering Canada and and it's at first they kind of, um, well, she's a little brusque with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I, I mean, I just loved her character. So they were, um, Hayam and Haya uh, were the, the two main characters um, that the, the actors um and ben kaplan was playing a character called the wanderer yeah and he was amazing he he peeks out at the beginning and he's just so full of energy and he's kind of like well i'm not gonna say the obvious like references because everyone's gonna say like tom waits i know it (laughs) but yeah he totally i think he's also going uh, for that so that's okay (laughs) i know but i think he's more than that and i think that he's he's got this amazing um presence and these amazing lyrics uh that are so complex and his character is just really like mischievous and uh fascinating yeah yeah um the some of the music was written so he wrote all the music um and some of it there was a a jeff burner song in there as well um so there were a couple of other um collaborators artists that that they borrowed from but um overall the story is that um Hayam and Hayam meet and they you know eventually get together and it's about um you know how their family sort of grows into becoming Canadian um and it's just it was just a really not only a really beautiful story with sort of like um just very likable characters um I particularly liked Hayam his character he was just really um genuine and 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 kind of understated I just and also he was a fantastic musician um the so the uh they're all playing instruments as well I mean Ben Kaplan is mostly narrating um as the wanderer but the the other the other two characters they're 
actors as well as musicians in the band. And then they're joined by two other musicians, um, a drummer and a keyboardist, I think. Yeah. And the music's all like klezmer music. And it's amazing. Like, they're amazing musicians, all of them. And the arrangements are incredible. Like, I'm like, oh, there's a key change. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is exciting. (laughs) Technically, technically intelligent music. This is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It was also written in 2015. I think 15 um because you can kind of tell because it was when harper had said something about old stock canadians or something so there's a modern element of it as well. I, I for some reason i felt like it was kelly leach that said old stock oh, canadians interesting. um but yeah no i think you're you're right it's it was harper there was one moment in the show when Be- um the wanderer picks up a megaphone yeah. and starts actually doing one of those speeches where old stock canadians are mentioned um and it's just it's infuriating to hear yeah. because you're you're seeing these people who come from Romania they're new you know and they're trying to survive they're yeah. struggling with discrimination and illness and um, access to resources and it's just you know the the term old stock Canadian is used just to sort of like as like a hurling insult in this just kind of like yeah. how dare you say old stock everyone yeah. here is new yeah, <laughs> except for indigenous people right yeah totally and, and that's great and I think it's about struggling it's about what Canadians are going through right now to struggling to find our national identity and and it's all changing and trying to figure out who we are and how we are linked together and I think this show is making a case that we are all linked um, and we're all Canadians and uh, there's a line about like he's born here now he's a Canadian or something like that mm-hmm. it was just really interesting yeah it was kind of an interesting show yeah and so what did you think of um of the structure of the show um I mean it's it's one act it's 85 minutes kind of it goes by pretty fast uh and the way they set it up is this uh, sort of the almost like an opening and closing of a suitcase yeah it was I thought it was beautiful it was so magical when it opened up into this like little fairy land and then I always think of the main characters they were kind of like marionettes or puppets almost like they were real but the way that they were um they they were directed they would come in and out um just like on this two uh two-dimensional kind of plane they'd sort of talk and then they would go sit down like it was so simple and then um uh, ben Kaplan's just walking around getting lit in all these various different <laughs> ways on the outside sort of playing this kind of god character and like playing the banjo and singing and looking in and being sort of the puppeteer the storyteller in a way mm-hmm. oh, I loved it yeah there was a lot of interesting um sort of uh talk about god too yeah. um they, they talk about you know the holy book the Talmud and uh also what sex is supposed to be like in a marriage there's that great <laughs> song where they're just kind of like how much sex they're supposed to be having oh yeah <laughs> that's right yeah all the different euphemisms for sex yeah and all the different <laughs> euphemisms for sex it was like in that way the lyrics were just they were they were just rich and like dense and you could I mean you could listen to this musical just straight on an album on a road trip and it would be fantastic it would be a really good time yeah. um but actually seeing the um seeing the characters animated also just like like the you know the suit the the suitcase it wasn't really a suitcase it looked it's something between a train car and a suitcase almost yeah. but just like the way that it was decorated there was just like um you know anyone from an east european family kind of knows that hoarding instinct they just keep everything even really small stuff and Aww. you know like there's that's it had that feeling inside of it and then they closed it up into like a this night nice neat little box in the end and they were gone you know yeah. so it was just sort of like a you'd get dropped in and out of time with them a little bit and i thought yeah. that that was a really effective um it was a really effective way to do a show that was you know 
it it's invoked a sense of travel, but it didn't feel like it was about travelers. It felt like people who were like on this kind of like constant journey to to feel at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And I think their relationship was really amazing too. I love how Hannah Moscovich took things that actually happened and then fictionalized it and just was really clear. Like I'm making this up because mm-hmm. I think you can get a lot of st- uh, stuck a lot on historical fiction and, and trying to figure out how to make something that isn't that really that interesting in reality into drama. And so she's made this amazing like relationship between these two characters. And mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The radio came on. The radio came on <laughs> like, randomly. How did, how did that happen? <laughs> that was distracting. We're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, okay, well, so uh, that was old stock. Um, yeah. It was great to see it in Edmonton. It was really here only for a few days, uh, just finishing its off-Broadway run. So um, I hope that the Citadel keeps bringing in cool little tidbits like that. That was a great opportunity. Yeah, good time. All right, here's an ad. <laughs> The Rotary Club of Edmonton West invites you to dream, connect, and inspire at the District 5370 Conference in October at the Shaw Conference Center. A number of stellar speakers, both local and international, will be sharing their stories at this conference. Among them is Dr. Marilyn Fitzgerald, founder of the Common Ground Solutions, a consulting firm that helps make sure humanitarian projects are effective and sustainable. The conference is open to the general public. It will also attract Rotarians from all over Western Canada and the world, which means you'll be in a room with some of the kindest and most community-minded people around. Learn more at conference5370-2018.ca. We'll link to the site in our show notes. All right, so Laura, last yeah. night, last night, before yeah. we went on this road trip to K- Pigeon Lake, we yeah. did go see Terry and the dog. We did. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a satisfied but also w- wistful sigh. How did the show make you feel, Laura? <laughs> oh, I just keep having the image of like, the, I don't want to give away the image, but there's just some beautiful images from the show that keep uh, coming to me and haunting me. Uh, it was it was a really great show. It was so simple. I was like, when you have uh, um, three actors that are amazing, a script that has really nuanced uh, writing and images, sort of metaphors kind of coming in and out and linking to people, like that's all you need. It was very simple and very like bare bones sort of storytelling in a way. Mm-hmm. And it was just so effective. It just moved me so much. Yeah, it was done. I also feel the way that it was set in the studio theater at the Arts Barns, um, it was set kind of in an alley, so two sets of audience are looking at each other, um, which was really hard at points because yeah. it you get very emotional during the show. Yeah. Um, but essentially, the show begins with Terry, played by Robert Benz, a fantastic performance by Robert Benz in this role. Um, and he is... He's, he's got his dog and, you know, you it becomes clear that the dog has somehow died and come back to life before. So he's talking about this dog um, think waiting just for it to come back to life. The dog's name is Buddy, if it's worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, there's another Buddy in Edmonton Theatre. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, and his son is played by Cole Humaney, uh, wife played by Marilyn Ryan, also both incredible in these roles. Um, Cole's Humaney's performance made me totally break down right after it was, um, and the, essentially it, it's about a family that's struggling with um, Terry and his son's alcoholism. And one of the things, the metaphor it's right off the top, so I don't feel too bad talking about it, but he talks about a goldfish in a bowl that keeps circling back around and forgetting that it's eating its own shit. And that's kind of the cycle of the show. It seems like a mystery because you don't really understand how the dog comes back to life or if it even really does. Um, and really what is going on in Terry's mind, it's, 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 um, it's kind of veiled and you feel almost like drunk a little bit thinking about like what is happening to him what is going on here and why does he they keep going back you know they keep making the same mistakes and um and in that way you know this the Colin Doyle script here is just is, is just heartbreaking and and amazing in that way is because you feel like it's happening at at the same time you're just as confused and like bewildered by by what is happening to Terry and um yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, the set was so simple. There was no dog on stage. There was just the sound of a dog once yeah, in a while. Um, the only prop they used were a couple cans of beer. Yeah. Um, and a pilsner. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want one when it came in. <laughs> and by the end of the show, I was like, Oh, I, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I don't want one anymore. No, yeah. And it was just, I mean. Yeah, definitely not to give away what happens throughout the course of the show because I do think that this is a show will, that will be back. Um, yeah. uh, it was done by Edmonton Actors Theatre in this production, directed yeah. by Dave Horak. Um, it was uh, I would I would definitely love to see this show again. Yeah. I liked how small and intimate it was, but I think that it, there's uh, a much bigger audience out there for it for sure for sure uh, i got one thing to say i don't like alley seating very much i feel like it's like watching a reaction video on youtube <laughs> you know what I mean? kind of yeah like, i don't want to see what the other audience is thinking and, and i don't know why seeing what the audience was thinking would have anything to do with the theme of the show like if it was a show about being subconscious or I mean, I mean, self-conscious, I mean, <laughs> self-conscious, oh. <laughs> it was a show about like society or something or what other people thought about you. I can see using alley seating because then you are really like playing with like, oh, what are the other people thinking and why are we here? But for me, it's like, this is like, a, this is about the family and it's really about focusing on these characters. And, and so that was distracting me a little bit, I thought. Although I did love the blocking, like it was beautiful. Yeah, you could have sat you know? almost anywhere and it did, you did really feel like you yeah. could see their whole lives. And I felt, I felt that that really actually kind of enhanced the gold fishbowl metaphor yeah. a bit more. What was distracting for me is knowing people across the alley. Yeah, it's <laughs> always that way. I mean, Edmonton is not so big. Yeah. If someone's going to see a show like this, yeah. you're just like, yeah, I know those people. They're going to see me ugly cry at that part. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, what's that person think of this? Like, that's that's a distracting thought yeah, that you yeah. wouldn't have in any other seating arrangement. And it always happens to me in alley seating. So mm-hmm. that would be one thing. And the other thing I, I was thinking, too, is that um, there's something about narration, the tension between going from narration and dialogue mm-hmm. that I thought was a little unresolved in the piece. Like, I liked the narration a lot and I liked the dialogue a lot but there was something about the the rhythm or the transitions or something like that that sometimes 
seemed a little sped, like it was like speeding through. Yeah, I I think I thought that was kind of interesting too. The I think that lent to that sense of bewilderment. Like, where is where is Terry in the story right now? Yeah, you know, like is it is it at the end where he's waiting for the dog to wake up, or is it or is he still experiencing all these things in in a cycle? And I think that that's kind of. It's. It still felt like the show would loop back around, and maybe that's. Um, I'm not sure if that's what they were they were going for, but it did. It felt like it was kind of constantly. You're almost there at the end, but then you're not. And 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 Terry's own memory and realization of what's happening to him, or the weight of what's happening to him. Yeah. He misses it. Yeah. Um, and and I think. In a way that, of course, really illustrates the problems of alcoholism, Um, but also um, just kind of lent this sense of just like, yeah, you leave the play and just sort of like stumbling around like, wow, that was that was weird. I don't know what I was doing in there. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was really but, great. Marilyn Ryan too, really great performance. Really, really grounded. Really kind of like, oh, so much pain, so much like sardonic kind of humor, and I thought it was really good. Yeah, well, that was actually one thing that I kind of, um, I mean, Colin Doyle has got usually some very witty dialogue yeah. um, and and humor in the shows, even when they're dealing with very hard subjects, like Let the Light of Day Through about the death of a child. There was still. Um, kind of like like weird humor moments. Um, I didn't feel that relief in this. I didn't. I didn't feel that there was an. Um, I mean, I don't think that it would have been appropriate either. To be honest, I feel that the um, what the show leaves you with was just right and and important to feel that way. Yeah. Um, but I was almost expecting some some kind of. I was expecting Terry especially to be a little bit more funny. Yeah. Um, but it, it it wasn't like that, and I'm not saying that that wasn't right. But um, yeah, I think I think that that was a it was a surprise from from the script too. Um, totally, it's very heavy. Like, are you seeing seeing a kind of theme? Like, remind me of Pretty Goblins a little bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like this, like raw pain emanating from playwrights right now, mm-hmm. like in these new plays. I don't know if it's this is a new thing or I'm just seeing these plays now, or, but it's just I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of like primal, like deep seated, raw, like gut wrenching pain. Yeah, on and stage. which and which allows <laughs> for like a really explosive performance at times. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think I. I was thinking about Pretty Goblins too as I was watching this show because yeah. they both talk about alcoholism and addiction. Yeah. And um and yeah, it was you know and reconciliation too in a way. Yeah, and and when you see like when you see an actor go off that hard, yeah. like and it's and it's so authentic and real like I just like I can't I don't know like that's when the alley seating becomes just like oh god this is hard right now <laughs> people can see me <laughs> like, um yeah but like you know yeah the, the what's happening in the room to everyone becomes electric yeah. not just for, yeah. not just for the actor but everyone gets feels like you know I I get really heavily impacted and I'm I'm I am really happy to see those kinds of, not only those kinds of scenes being written for great performers, um, but also that as an audience, man, we get to see some great 
stuff in Edmonton. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that, you know, I could have brought anyone from out of town to that show last night and they would have been like, wow. I know. You know, not as a theater person, not as a regular goer or anything like that. They would just have, would have been impressed. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, uh, what's great about, you know, these sort of like small, beautiful plays that are just about humans. Yeah. Um, and I also think what, um, you know, a lot of the, I don't know, maybe that, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I also feel that, that the plays, um, the, the characters can be cast as anyone. Yes. You know, like it's not just, I, I mean, yes, maybe it's written as like an all white family, but I don't yeah. think that it needed to be. Yes. Um, like it could be, it could be any family that struggled with this. Like it, it, it yes. I mean, the, you didn't really get a sense of their economic situation huh. or their place in society yeah. or what they did for a living. Yeah. You know, like it was just kind of very like almost dropped out of, out of space and time. They're just like, they're just these three people. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to push forward and go with some diverse casting mm-hmm. in these scripts. Yeah, yeah. Well, That'd be I cool. think that's and that's pretty cool. And yeah, another, you know, Colin Doyle, Edmonton Playwright, Beth Graham from Pretty Goblins also, you know, Edmonton Playwright. So yeah. um yeah, this is this is great. We're we're, we're, we're in a great, great theater season. We're coming towards <laughs> yeah. the end of the theater season actually. Um so yeah, that's also a thing. There's some pretty intense things happening in theater in town. I think there is. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's emotional out there. It is. Ooh. It is. Well, we'll talk more. We'll expand more on that at a later date. <laughs> um but for now, how about Lord, you want to try an ad? I'm going to read my first ad. Do it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> All right, here's an ad. AB Podcast Network. Join APN on June 7th for Podcast Connect a talk fest about the future. This is a series of live podcast recordings featuring That's So Maven, A Branded World, The Work Not Work Show, and Future Chat interviewing guests about topics connected to the big adventure conference taking place in Calgary from June 6 to 8. <laughs> that word is inventures. Inventures conference. Inventures. Sweet. <laughs> podcast Connect is free. You just have to register. Our friends from ATB will be there to answer questions about the transformative things they're exploring, such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, and robotics. For info, head to albertapodcastnetwork.com slash events. Laura, that was awesome. You have some pretty good cold read skills there. <laughs> Thanks, Fonda. <laughs> Years of auditioning. I, I wasn't prepared for inventures. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a real word. It's okay. We okay. won't hold it against you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go with um, some listings now. Um, How about you start off by reading the first one there? Okay, we have Exit the King by Eugene Inesco. Ionesco or Ionesco? I've God never damn really, it. I've never really had the absurdist playwright. I've never I've really, really read his play. Like, yeah. I've read his plays, I've just never said it out loud. Ionesco. Right. Ionesco. I know it's Ionesco. Eugene yeah. Ionesco. <laughs> Exit the King by Eugene Ionesco, <laughs> Studio Theater, May 17th to 26th. I also, I really like his play Rhinoceros. I think that one is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Uh, the Dirt Buffet Cabaret is closing out Mile Zero Dance's uh, season. Uh, that's on May 24th at Spazio Performativo. The Finest of Strangers, Teatro La Quindicina of Arscona, May 31 to June 16. It's Quindicina. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the Finest of Strangers, Teatro... They're not... Oh, yeah, they're not Spanish. They're Italian. The Finest of Strangers... <laughs> <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> I don't get it. 
That's going to be the good I don't get it. Perfect. <laughs> the Finest of Strangers, Teatro La Quindicina, Varscona, May 31 to June 16. And on June 1st, Mercury Opera and Kalina are presenting a pop-up pierogi fundraiser for their upcoming production of Carmen in the Badlands. And this is happening at the London Villas Hub, which is another new venue on 96th Street uh, that's made out of a converted church. Um, so that sounds fun. There will be pierogies. There will be opera. What else do you need? <laughs> K-H-O-J, Usha Gupta wraps up BWDC Brian Webb Dance Company Forever 39 season June 1 to 3. Oh god, this is why this is why when I write <laughs> listings in shorthand for me and Paul, it's like we just yeah. So that's Kaj Usha Gupta Dance Entourage is wrapping up Brian Webb's Forever 39 season. Uh, that's running June 1st to 3rd at the Tim Center. Laura, thank you so much. This has been a great episode. Yeah, thanks Fonda. Yeah. Good good week in theater. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, there's still some stuff running until, you know, end of June and forevermore. So go see some shows. Awesome. Bye. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov. Sit here thinking about love.